Communication is a key part of the world we live in today. And for better or for worse, one of the largest and most rapidly changing forms of communication is social media and marketing. We often don't like to think of things like branding or campaigns or marketing strategies when we think about charities and other volunteer services. After all, it's what the fashion labels do. It's what the golden arches do to get you to buy their food. But the reality is that in an overstimulated and oversaturated world of content, of influencers and of business social media accounts, the online space is constantly vying for your attention. And charities find themselves in a unique position of doing the amazing work they do, but also needing to engage with new and existing supporters. Today, we're going to be talking with members of a team that I'm a part of, the communications department in Hope for Justice. We're going to be talking about their significance in the charity sector and also connect the dots for you as to how communication and marketing is not all bad. In fact, it's helping in the fight to end modern slavery and human trafficking. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk About It. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, welcome. Let's Talk About It is our educational mini-series where we sit down and talk with professionals about issues surrounding modern-day slavery and human trafficking. My name is Homs. I am a filmmaker, motion graphic designer and co-host here on Let's Talk About It. And today we're going to be talking about how charities are evolving with the modern day utilizing emerging communication technologies in order to further their cause. Today I'm sat with Antonia. Hi, you're right, Antonia? I'm great, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty well, thank you. And Adam, how are you doing? All right. Hi, Hans. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing well, yeah, great. And Charlotte. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. How are you doing, Charlotte? You're right. Very good, thank you. Great, so let's get into it let's start talking about it so we'll start with you adam could you just give us a quick rundown of uh who you are and you know what you do in hope for justice yeah hi well thanks Holmes. yeah my name is adam hewitt i'm the head of digital and communications at hope for justice i've been with the charity just under seven years at this point uh, it's been a fantastic experience um for that i was uh, a journalist for many years focusing especially on issues to do with human rights and public policy and I brought some of that experience with me to Hope for Justice and now just really enjoy working with a, with a fantastic team. Awesome. And uh, same for you, Antonio. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Antonio Borman. Um, I am the Marketing and Campaign Specialist at Hope for Justice. Um, my day-to-day kind of consists of planning our campaigns, whether that's uh, campaigns to raise awareness, to change policy and legislation, or to, to fundraise um, for some of our fantastic work that's happening with our programmes. My name is Charlotte. Uh, so I am the social media strategist here at Hope for Justice. Um, really doesn't encompass my role. I do pretty much all things social media. So anything from the content strategy and planning to the creation and, and pulling those ideas together, um, as well as community management. So connecting with our followers, um, responding to comments and questions about our charity and the cause, um, and then working with influencers as well to really amplify our campaigns, our messages, um, and yeah, reach new audiences. Um, so plenty to keep me busy, it's <laughs> safe to say. 
say. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's it, it's really great to have all three of you on uh, today. And I guess I'll just lead with, you know, my first question, which is how is your role, um, your individual roles, helping to end modern slavery and to change lives? Yeah, well, I think very similar to, to training or to partnerships, a lot of our work is getting the word out and kind of communicating to the audience why this matters, what is happening and what we can do about it. Mm. Um, some of the main things that we need to focus on is getting people to care. Mm. You know, I think in the, a world where there's so many different issues and, and so much kind of content and people talking about lots of different things, it can be really difficult to kind of pierce through that traffic and be able to, to find something that you're not desensitized to. Mm. Um, and to really hear the stories of a lot of people and, and really connect to that and, and empathize. So I think part of my role and the role of the communications team is to to really showcase what's happening um, and what we can do about it and get people to, to really care and really connect with these things because it can be really hard in a, a world that's so busy as, mm. as ours to, to kind of pierce through that. Um, Another thing is to, to showcase what we're doing, you know. Um, I think Hope for Justice is doing fantastic work in, in lots of different various ways, like I said, through policy or through through our programs. But without being able to communicate that, um, you know, how are the, how are the audience going to know what we're doing on, on such a global scale as well? So part of our job is to, to showcase that and to highlight that and to, to give thanks in a way as well, to say thank you to everyone mm -hmm. who supported us um, and show them what exactly we're doing about it. Yeah, well, I'm one of the professionals who kind of sits behind the scenes at Hope for Justice slightly. You know, I'm, I'm not out on the front lines every day like our, our, our amazing workers all over the world doing that stuff. But equally, I think that myself and the communications team have got a really important role to play in telling those stories and getting those stories of the work that the frontline teams do uh, and the experiences that those victims and survivors have had uh, and getting that message out there to the to the wider world so people know what is going on so we can raise that awareness so we can turn that awareness into action. Uh, and so we can also keep our supporters and the general public updated and then get these issues into the, the halls of power as well, the rooms where these decisions are being made. Uh, and the communications team here at the charity has got a really important role in doing that, uh, in, in listening and in tracking down these stories uh, and then getting them out there in, in a variety of ways through text and video and social and, and all sorts of other methods. Um, mm. And also just on accountability as well, we need to be open uh, as a charity, we want to tell people how we're spending money, you know, what we do, how we go how our governance works, the rules that we abide by. And again, as a comms team, we've got an important role in disseminating that information. Mm, and maybe sticking with you, Adam, for just a moment, could you just talk a little bit about what some of the major differences have been between maybe when you first started out in your career to, to now? Yeah, well, it's, it's in my title. Really. My title here is Head of Digital Communications, and, and that's really... One of the keys to this, uh, everything is um, so digital, so immediate, so smartphone based, and that's been a real change. Uh, when I started at Hope for Justice, we used to often communicate with supporters by uh, recording a video saying, literally sending it to them in the post on a CD or on a DVD, Yay. which, you know, already today seems really quaint. We would, we would, you know, never think to do that anymore. Yeah. And while, you know, there are still things we do physically, we do send out letters and reports Increasingly, when we talk about comms, what we really mean is digital communications. That is just the nature of it. Um, that's obviously with all the changes with, with social media, the new networks we work with, the new ways that people use video, especially on social media, to mm -hmm. uh, kind of platform themselves. You know, we're obviously in that world to hope for justice as well and communicating with those audiences. 
uh, as well as you know brand new technologies, things that have just exploded in the last few months, like AI, of course, mm. which people are going to be using to find out information about this issue and, and our work as a charity. Maybe we, we could we could touch on you know where the future of of communications will be going, but for, for now I I just love to get your thoughts, Charlotte, on that. For you, from a social media perspective, you know, same question. Yeah, you know, how I mean, how has I it changed? Think- um social media gives us the opportunity to be that shop window to such a a huge amount of people right so we can reach people all over the world it's not necessarily in our control because of the algorithms um but it's it's on a different level compared to what it's ever been before because traditional awareness building and fundraising and yeah connecting with the public you'd be limited to like you said being at that event having that having that stall um or doing the door-to-door fundraising a lot of like that's still super relevant and i don't think um it takes anything away from that um so yeah i think it's more than you know more than we've had before it's a fantastic space to connect with a wide variety of people So it's really great to get a quick download of your individual roles, you know, how they've changed over the years and how they all contribute to the greater Hope for Justice mission of ending modern slavery and changing lives. I'd, I'd, I'd like to just quickly delve deeper into what you said at the very start, Antonia. You mentioned that a big part of your role was getting the word out, you know, mobilizing people around a particular issue of human trafficking and modern slavery in a world where there is so many there are so many different causes and topics and conversations um, about all sorts of things like how how do we go about choosing you know a campaign for hope for justice what are the key factors that go into deciding when and what our campaigns focus on do you know what i mean yeah i mean a lot of it is to do with what's happening in the world and what's happening at the time of the campaign so you know we want to make sure that what we're what we're talking about is relevant and is you know um based on facts, a lot of the stuff kind of goes into what have our audiences heard before, what have they maybe not heard before, what's a new and kind of creative way to educate someone about the issue or to raise awareness or or raise funds as well. So um, for example, in our um, National Human Trafficking and Modern Slavery Prevention Month, we basically looked at um, peeling it right back to the definitions and really, you know, challenging those misconceptions that I talked about before, because unfortunately, you know, even though this has been around for, for decades, it's still something that has a huge amount of misconceptions and taboos surrounding that. So our focus for that was really to to make sure that everyone knew exactly what the definitions were, exactly what the, the symptoms were, and exactly what we could do about that. Um, in contrast, for our International Women's Day campaign, we wanted to kind of show sol- solidarity and support and make it a lot more about showcasing the stories um, of other women that we have either worked with or um, women that are part of our organisation or who have, you know, um, benefited or um, been involved in different um, programmes that we've done as well. So that was more about using the campaign as a platform to showcase um, and celebrate and empower women across 
across the, the industry as well. So basically when I'm looking at a campaign, I will sit down and I'll look at the context of both the organization, the, the world, mm. what people are paying attention to. Um, and then I'll look at the kind of content of what do people need to know about? What is something that, that needs to be talked about right now? Um, mm. And how, how do we be basically package that in a way that is engaging and interesting and makes people want to really talk about it? Mm. Um, so yeah, if I had to narrow it down to two words, I would say context and content. Mm, yeah. So, so just pivoting over to um, you two, Adam and Charlotte, we have the content, we have the context. What's the value in in like communicating that um, through you know online through an on online platform through having an online presence? Like, why not just continue doing? Um, you know the door-to-door -door thing, or the, the 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 sending of discs to to our supporters, or, or via email now. Um, like, what what's the significance of and, and the value to having an online presence? Yeah, in the modern day. Well, it's the first place almost everybody goes to look these days. Obviously, it's yeah. it's it's going to be Google, or it's going to be searching on socials. Uh, and what we want, we want them to find the truth about this issue. We want them to find accurate information about it, real stories. And obviously, as Hope for Justice, we want them to find our work and our model um, and for them to get interested and engaged with that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely vital. And we have to think, yeah, not just about people kind of researching on, on desktop computers, but, yeah, of course, we need to think about, you know, um, people using their phones. We need to think about how old people are going to engage with us, how teenagers are going to engage with us, and how we communicate with different audiences between businesses and, and governments and community groups and schools there's there's loads of different people to think about um when we're kind of getting the message out about this issue and it affects people in different ways that, and that's the thing like i mean i i definitely would would say that there's there's more value in the social workers in the lighthouses and but then at the same time for that work to be done we need to generate money to yeah, actually yeah. enable that work so there's i think everybody holds value um and there's not this kind of sense of one person's work being any more valuable or one charity being any better than, or at least there isn't, you know, face to face. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it generally is like this quite a really quite supportive area of, of, of causes. Um, and I think that's because everybody understands it's bigger than one person mm. and it's bigger than one organisation. Yeah, and I think what you're saying there is touched on um, a really important aspect of communications, which is to get rid of any miscommunication that's yeah. out there and misconceptions, because yeah. especially with a subject such as modern slavery and human trafficking, there's so much misconceptions out there that people just take as fact, you know, yeah. you know, some of them being that, that sex trafficking is the only form of um, human trafficking, which it isn't. <laughs> um, there's many other forms, unfortunately, but also um, thinking that, you know, you have to be kidnapped in order or like held with bondage. Um, in order to be um, really kept and, and, you know, trapped in something. But a lot of it is, you know, psychological or societal. There's also a lot of, like, legislation that can actually really, really harm um, victims and, and stop victims from speaking up. It's not mm. that they are physically held, um, you know, captive, though that does happen as well. But most commonly, it's usually, you know, to do with some sort of fear or coercion that's happening as well. So I think one of the really important jobs with communication is dispelling those misconceptions and really educating people on what exactly it is. Because once we dispel those, we can, 
then learn how to stop it properly rather than just tackling you know the the surface level problem we we can teach people what the root of the problem is and then actually you know conquer it exactly yeah So from Charlotte, I'll, I'll kind of turn to you for this because obviously, you know, social media, you kind of are managing a community of people who have loads of different opinions and and, and, and want to engage. Can you, can you talk a little bit about some of the positives and negatives of, of when people actually engage with um, the campaigns that we run or the communication sort of strategies that we, we, we go with? Yeah, so, I mean... There's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions around human trafficking and modern slavery. Let's start with that, uh, and because of that lack of general understanding, uh, we do you know we do get negative comments. And just to be clear on hope for justice, um, any kind of discriminative, racist, um, just inappropriate comments there's no space for that on the page and that's a sort of the sort of reactions that we would just take down immediately um but then you do get comments that are there's there's room for conversation and as an organization it is our responsibility to educate um and we as individuals within this organization we're surrounded by a wealth of expertise there's a, there's a network of people which are so involved and educated and ha- yeah have that experience within this field that we that we feed off that we um, get this knowledge of and you know that's what we want to pass on to um, these audiences so we definitely look at the negative comments where there's space for meaningful conversation and the space to actually educate someone there or at least at least help pivot their opinion um but then we you know we are just aware of where there might be a bit of a dead end there and we don't want to antagonize um potentially you know comments that somebody could see that could be triggering or that could be um you know that that could just get into to an argument so we try be quite um informative quite direct um and we still you know we still stand our ground with no this is the facts and you know this so for example a very common misconception is that it's it's another country's problem it's you know happening in the global south it doesn't happen in the uk it doesn't happen in the usa and those sorts of comments which um, can sometimes be really negative um, that's the sort of comment where we do want to engage in that conversation because we've got that responsibility to actually change that perception and we need to change that perception because otherwise how are we actually going to eradicate modern slavery if people don't even recognise it's happening on their doorstep um, so yeah I think managing it is definitely the key the key term there yeah, it's it's really important, I think. And again, as a, as a former journalist, this does matter to me, I think, getting the facts right and making sure that what we say is based on evidence. And so as a, as a comms team here, we spend a lot of time talking, again, with our frontline programme staff and our policy people, making sure that if we're putting a statistic out there into the world and onto the internet, that it's, that it's backed up by, by the truth. Um, now, unfortunately, the internet being what it is, there's, there is a lot of facts and things out there that that maybe aren't they're either exaggerated or they've been misunderstood or 
kind of warped out of their original context. Um, yeah, and we, we don't think that's right. We, we want to make sure that people are basing their decisions on, on the truth, both in terms of where things like human trafficking happen and who is affected and how often, and also our own kind of stats and impact as hope for justice. We want to make sure that's all based completely on on the truth. Um, there, there have been things over the years going on connected to this issue. It's a very emotive issue and can be a political issue and people do um, have really strong opinions. And so, you know, over the years there have been you know, people saying things online uh, about, for example, child trafficking, and unfortunately, some of the statistics they've been putting out around that have not have not been true. Honestly, it's it's yeah. a devastating issue, but some people have, have felt the need to kind of push their own agenda on this uh, with with facts and stats and uh, methods of trafficking that, that honestly don't have much basis in reality. So, what do you actually do with that? So. I get, you know, when people are, are misinformed or aren't aware of, of all the facts. And so there is a responsibility there to um, to educate and to, to, to resource people with the facts. But then what do we do with people who are actively trying to, um, you know, misinform or are trying to uh, bend the truth in order to, to fit a particular, you know, political ideology or, or agenda or... Um, yeah. So, yeah. What 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 do you do as as an organisation with with bad bad faith actors, people who are trying to um, misinterpret on purpose? If it's somebody who is clearly out there with um, an agenda based in uh, in in hate or in prejudice, we're, yeah. we're not necessarily going to engage with that. And unfortunately, you know, like any organisation with internet presence, sometimes you do you do get that kind of thing coming, and you, in that case, we'll we'll ignore it or delete it. Um, and then occasionally, yeah, people will have just strong political opinions. And again, we're not not a political charity at Hope for Justice. We obviously have to engage with those who make our laws. Um, but our agenda is always just to push the rights and interests of victims and survivors of this crime. And that that is not going to be to do with a, a political party's view. That's that's going to be to do with what the overall law and how it affects uh, how, how it affects those individuals. Mm. And what do you think, Charlotte? How, how does it how does it work on your end from social media perspective? Yeah, I mean, we definitely take the approach of staying in our lane. Um, so you know, we're we're an anti-slavery charity. We have got these core pillars of work of of where we kind of address our attention and make the most impact. Um, so we we stick to what we know and what we do and we always try to bring the conversation back round to that in terms of people having that political um, agenda or even wanting to navigate down that political route. Um, you know, if, we've, if we're working on, we, we don't shy away from government and policy and um, that's a core area of our work. So if we can speak into it, then we will 100% and we will provide the facts, like what we're actually dealing with, what we're actually de- seeing and what we're actually advising, which in these situations, we have got people in government influencing policy, like it's really important and critical work. So we will openly speak about that. And if anybody has any questions, we will speak about that. Um, but if the conversation is leading, yeah, like you said, you know, down towards someone's personal agenda um, and if there's not going to be something meaningful out of that conversation, if everyone's entitled to their opinion and we're not 
you know, we wouldn't take that away from the space. But in terms of the community space that we've created and the conversations we're having on our channels, that is what we control and what we can navigate. And we just want to make sure that it's navigating in a healthy direction. Um, It's a, the issue can cause a lot of, you know, heightened feelings and emotions around it which is totally fair but we just want to make sure that anybody from all walks of life that comes to the page you know can engage in a in a meaningful conversation and not something that is um you know harmful or that is just in insulting or upsetting Staying in your lane, Charlotte, you mentioned that just a few moments ago, but as an anti-trafficking charity, Hope for Justice, we are always, you know, celebrating different events that might not on the surface feel like it's directly correlated to human trafficking. Like we had, you know, International Women's Day, you know, we we had a campaign for Earth Day, you know, we, we do talk about other things as well. So, Antonia, just from your perspective, like where, where do we toe that line between only talking about the direct issues that relate to to human trafficking and modern day slavery but then also other humanitarian issues that are really important but there might be you know like human trafficking adjacent um yeah can you just talk a little bit about that and like how you know intersectionality kind of plays a part there definitely um use you use that word intersectionality and it's one of my absolute favorite words (laughs) and if you haven't heard of this word before i highly recommend um googling it first of all because the research out there is just absolutely brilliant um kimberly crenshaw is one of the one of the best um activists out there and she came up with this word and, and talked about how a lot of um, our humanitarian and social justice issues are interconnected um, and if you really want to f- solve one and, and be able to, to help an issue you really have to look at the whole problem and mm-hmm. it's very very complex mm-hmm. it's very entangled so you need to be able to to look at that and not just focus on one thing but really try and talk about other things as well so I think it's so important to have this intersectional lens when you look at any type of social justice or humanitarian issue because it all impacts the other you know yeah. whether that's you know gender or race or sexuality or environmental issues or any kind of humanitarian issue you need to to look at it um looking at it from a modern slavery and human human trafficking perspective which is obviously where we're coming from and what we're trying to to focus on um the way that you kind of pierce through um those issues because unfortunately as much as i'd love to we can't we can't fix all of the Mm -hmm. issues in the world and Mm -hmm. we can't use all our resources to to try and solve everything because if we do that then the the issue of modern slavery which is what we're focused on kind of gets lost in the in the mix of everything you know so it's important i think to to have our key kind of guiding light which is the mission of ending modern slavery and having that and talking about how all these other intersectional issues 
you know, relate to that. So, you know, whether that is through talking about how women are impacted for International Women's Day mm -hmm. in modern slavery and, and human trafficking, or for Earth Day, we talked about how um, climate change can cause um, climate refugees who are then usually targeted for human trafficking, or, you know, how different industries such as fast fashion or, you know, mining or fisheries, which cause environmental issues, also are the places where human trafficking is rife. So again, when we're looking at all these issues, we can take it from that lens of human mm. trafficking and modern slavery, mm. but then also still really highlighting um, the, the overall social justice issue and, and giving light to that. Um, mm. So it's we're able to kind of talk about both things at once and, and help um, the audience, you know, relate to that and be empowered by that and maybe learn something new. You know, if you're really empowered by environmental issues, for example, you might not have known about the, you know, modern slavery that happens in a lot of these industries as well. So, yeah. you know, even just educating someone who's already empowered in maybe one social justice issue and trying to, to teach them about another and, and, and get them empowered for that as well. Yeah, of course. I, I, I think it's rare for there to be an actual line. I think it almost is a kind of, it's almost always a kind of spectrum where, where issues mm. do uh, crossover and overlap and our absolute focus is on the interests and rights of victims and, and survivors of modern slavery. That is inevitably sometimes going to cross over with other charitable causes and other issues in our world, social issues and things to do with uh, poverty and places, things to do with work and people, you know, moving countries for work and all kinds of issues like this. It's going to be linked with social issues around things like prostitution and pornography sometimes. Um, so there, there's lots of issues where our, our work will overlap with the work of other charities, other social causes. Um, ultimately, all we say, I think, as a comms team is that as long as our focus is on those those victims and survivors, and we can honestly say that what we are putting out into the world and what we are commenting on is to advance those interests, you know, I, I think that's kind of where we draw the line. It's We, we, we don't want to be pushing the kind of beliefs or political positions of individual people at this charity mm. uh, unless um, uh, you know it's only when it's uh, in in alignment with the, the interests of victims and survivors. yeah 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 so adam i think i brought it up at the very beginning of this but what are some of the stuff that you're really looking forward to and excited within an online space with online communication and how it's going to help bring about the end of modern day slavery and human trafficking yeah, it's it's often in, still in that area of interactivity. I think we're we're really interested in people being able to more easily engage and understand the kind of stories of, of survivors, for example, and how mm. digital technologies can be used for that. How people might be able to experience something in, say, a, a VR space uh, right. that otherwise they'd never be able to understand. We obviously, as Hope for Justice, we work all around the world. We're in not just the UK and USA and. Norway, but other countries too, Ethiopia, Uganda, other places that most people listening to this might not have experiences of, um, especially dealing with kind of street children and, and, and mm. kids who've been exploited and vulnerable to trafficking and now safe in our lighthouses. How could we tell their stories in a way that people can be empathetic with and kind mm. of engage with? Uh, using our kind of website in, in, in new ways, for example, and how people can access uh, information, how people can get resources that they can then share out and put on their own social media, their own new networks and everything else. Uh, with with things like AI, that's still obviously such a brand new area. You know, we're, we're only beginning now to explore what that could look like. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, there's all kinds of new ways with, with data and then kind of things like blockchain, things like cloud computing even, 
um, beyond our role here just as a comms team, but there's some really interesting things going on with, with technologies like that and how we can kind of collaborate with, with other agencies to make sure that we're kind of spotting trends, spotting patterns. Uh, you know, if an address of a victim turns up on two different databases, right now that would require somebody picking up the phone and spotting something manually and mm. crossing fingers that somebody spots that pattern. Uh, with, with some of the tech we're potentially investing in now, that wouldn't rely on that anymore. It would be an automatic flag on a system. Data would be kept private and safe and encrypted. But we would know that another organization is potentially also looking at the same address and that could, you know, suggest a pattern to do with human trafficking. Guys, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast today. It's been really great to hear all of your different perspectives. Um, and just before we sign off, I just love Charlotte. If you could just give us um, some quick tips on how to engage and um, what, what what people at home can do to to help in the fight against modern day slavery. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, for starters, um, I would advise everybody to look at empowering their own feed. And by that, I mean following anti-slavery charities. Um, yeah, feel free to go help justice. Um, but also just other anti-slavery charities that, um, you know, that you're interested in their work and you want to support their work. Um, human rights activists, ethical businesses, um, just that, that following and being a part of that community is not only showing your support and helping with their presence in those digital spaces um, but you're also ultimately going to learn something and I think we're all there's always space for us all to learn something and you know the content that we're all putting out there it is to inform it is to educate and if more and more people can share that content save that content comment on it um it it, it like we said it's gonna it's gonna increase that risk significantly um and then ultimately yeah you'll, you'll get to know the organizations that these channels are, are spaces for us to really kind of showcase what we're doing um and, and yeah and educate help spread awareness um so hopefully from that will gain people's trust and then you will feel more confident or willing and wanting to to invest further and um, empower some of the incredible initiatives that are happening offline um, which is you know really what comes down to the crux of it needing those donations um, and needing that that financial support Um, but yeah if you know don't feel like you need to do that straight away if you want to learn more about the organisation start with social media um, and yeah get get behind us and engage engage engage